Hello, hello, language lovers. Welcome to Something to Say, the new project of LingoCast. Today we have here Sam, Samuel Vieira, aka Polyglot Sam. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me once again. Uh, and again, I definitely have something to say. I mean, something to say. <laughs> yeah, something to say. This episode, our first episode, always at the end of the month, and we'll be answering some questions. But before we start, you, you already know, don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast platform. If you want to support our project, you can be part of our Patreon program. Once done with that, we can start our first something to say. And yeah, and how's everything going, Sam? How the year has started for you? The year has been great. Uh, it's been 18 days already. Oh my God, it was so fast. Um, but yeah, I've been teaching a lot. I've been uh, studying uh, Japanese and that has been fun. Uh, a real challenge. I think the biggest challenge I've had so far, like learning Japanese. And uh, yeah, it's been good. I believe that uh, this will be the year where I will improve my Serbian and Russian the most, of course, because now I have like uh, a little bit more experience, even though I, I'm not great at it. But I'm definitely feeling a lot better in Serbian. I'm pretty confident about my Serbian level. So I think this year is going to be awesome. How about yourself, bro? Are you enjoying 2023? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm very excited for the new new things, new projects. Actually, I have a goal that I would try to record um, one interview every month in a different language. Yeah, so it means uh, interviews in 12 different languages by December. So let's see if I can manage with that. Some of the languages I think will be quite hard to have an interview in Ukraine or Russian, for example. But let's see. We have a lot of time, so maybe it will be possible. And I'm very excited for all this stuff. I'm also, as well as you did, I want to start learning a non-Indo-European language. So it will be my first one. And yeah, you started with Japanese, you mentioned. How are your first thoughts about Japanese as the first non-Indo-European challenge? Bro, it's been really hard. I was talking about it yesterday, actually, with a friend from, from Greece. And uh, she asked, how, how is Japanese going? And my, my answer was definitely the greatest challenge so far. Like three alphabets, grammar is different. Culture is different. Everything is different. <laughs> so, like, I feel like it's been, like, almost like, uh, you know, being born again in a new life. Like, try becoming a baby again. But a baby who understands structures in languages and can already speak. That's, like, uh, what uh, I'm feeling right now. Even though I've had... Uh, it's funny when... For example, I've been watching anime for so long. Like, Naruto and, uh, you know... Actually, just Naruto, honestly. The others I watched in Portuguese. But, like, Naruto I watched in uh, with ja in Japanese with subtitles, right, in Portuguese. And um, I've been, you know, it's, it's kind of an immersion. But, you see, when you're not really learning the language, it's not the same. You feel like it's been, it's like there's a disconnect between... Because you only watch to actually understand mm -hmm. what's happening. So you're not making the effort to actually understand the Japanese behind it. So you pick up a, a few words, like, you know, like, you know, the anime vocabulary, like, the words like, Itadakimasu, thank you for the food, stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like, Ikuza, like, let's go, Ikuza. 
or like uh, you know those kind of words you know like everything's okay are you okay like it's mm -hmm. all good yes yeah, all good like these kind of words you kind of pick up it's funny because you only pick up loose words but making the connection of those words is different and also like it's fun like to look at the characters and actually now know what they stand for and for example you hear them all the time but you don't know how they look like and it's cool to just to see how they look like and make that connection it's fun in that part but in the other part it's really 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 hard so it's a combination of excitement and fear <laughs> and what's actually your approach with that japanese how did you start learning that you started first from a specific alphabet you started learning the sounds how did you do that because really i have no idea it's like so different to, uh, from the languages i know that i have no idea how to approach it yeah so like what i did was i started uh playing this game called lingo legends and lingo legend works works to me like uh i'm not huge on flashcards right but lingo legends makes it fun because it's like an rpg game uh, they're not paying me to talk about this okay but i, I really like this game uh <laughs> it's like a, a <laughs> It's Maybe a map not, yeah. where you have like a character, you create your character, it's RPG, you go and you battle. It's like turns, like a uh, typical RPG game. But instead of uh, actually like just playing the RPG, you're actually learning Japanese. So in order to get like a, a strike, for example, let's say I'm fighting and I want to attack and I want to use a card of attack. Then I choose the card and the card will say, for example, I don't know, like me and show me a character and then you tell you have to say if it's correct. So there are different variations of right or wrong. Or for example, right, how do you say this? How do you say, I don't know, like su? How do you say su? How do you say that? You don't have to write that or choose the the character for that. And if you miss, you, it means you lost the, the, the round, like you missed the, the opportunity to strike. So you may get, uh, you know, you may get, you may lose the battle if you miss too much. It's a very interesting concept. It makes uh, learning uh, new characters more fun. And uh, also, like, there are the flashcards. They are like flashcards when you learn the characters. Uh -huh. So it's very interesting. And I'm learning. You asked which alphabet I'm starting with. Bro, they teach you uh, the vowels first. So, like, they have a structure. So first I learned the vowels. Then I learned the, um, I think, hiragana, consonants. And now, now that's where I'm at, hiragana, consonants. And it's cool. They have like their own like uh, you know ladder of uh, of uh, vocabulary and what you have to learn. For example, so I'm doing that, and I'm also watching stuff on YouTube. I'm not talking to people yet because like I really don't have that much mm -hmm. vocab, but I intend to do that this month to start talking to native speakers, even if it's basic sentences, anime sentences. Mm -hmm. Did you find many sounds that uh, they are new for you? Good question. I mean, like, I, I, I mispronounce. Yeah, I mispronounce. I said su, but it's not su. I think it's su, su, like this. So it's new. It's not like su in Portuguese, like, uh, mm -hmm. not just in Portuguese, but in any language, like su. It's going to be like su in my mind, but it's not mm -hmm. su. It's like su. su. Okay. Yeah, like the su is not really, the u in there is not really pronounced. Like the the word, like, for us, uh, Eliseu, if we see n and e, we're going to say ne, right? Ne. Mm -hmm. But they say, is it like N-U or N-E? Oh, no, yeah. N-E is like ne, and it's ne in Japanese too. But N-U 
if I'm not mistaken, yeah, and you is like n, like this n, like the n in French, more like the n mm. in French, because it's not like n, uh -huh, like a schwa sound. Yeah, uh -huh, okay. exactly, like a schwa sound because n e is n and n u is like n, the schwa sound. Yeah, just like the n thing, not the the u. Mm -hmm. It's funny, like new sounds, yeah, a lot of new sounds. Ah, that's interesting. I I didn't know. I, you know, I have no idea. That's why I'm asking some questions that maybe some some stupid questions, but no, uh, I'm really interested to know this. Uh, our friend John Becker, he's started learning Turkish, so I'm also also asking him some, like, oh, have you discovered any new thing, interesting thing about Turkish structure, grammar, or something? And then I've been talking about that. It's really interesting. We learn a lot of. I learned that the inner I, I actually uh, after hearing some stories about Japanese, Chinese, Turkish, I started to think that Portuguese and Russian, for example, are cousins. You know, they're, they're not that far away. It's true. Do you uh, feel the same? Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think Russian uh, uh, and Portuguese, like from Portugal especially, have very similar sounds. And actually, like Portuguese from Brazil too. Like there are not a lot of new sounds, like in Japanese, for example. Like if, uh, to me, like Japanese is much more distant mm -hmm. uh, about the sounds because like in russian most of the sounds we already know especially like in other slavic languages like serbian and um maybe i don't know about ukrainian but you can tell me and polish maybe i think there are a lot of sounds that we already know right in those two mm -hmm. it's yeah more or less yeah in ukrainian there are some new ones but actually not something very different Mm -hmm. But in Polish, there are some. But yeah, but if you speak Portuguese, I think we have already a lot of songs. So it's there. There aren't like so many mm -hmm. that are new. Just need to like learn two or three, and that's it. Yeah, it's true. The consonant thing, I think that's why to me, Portuguese from Portugal maybe sounds more similar to Slavic languages because like they don't really pronounce vowels that much. If you Like, if you're not, like, a native Portuguese uh -huh. speaker, you're going to agree with me that Portuguese people, they don't uh, stress too much on the... They put too much stress in the vowels. And I feel like it's similar in Slavic languages, usually. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same, yeah? When if you remove the... You're learning, like, Serbo-Croatian. There are some words in Serbo-Croatian in that's crazy. Like, you have no vowels at all. Smrut, vrut. Yeah. <laughs> And it's very challenging to... I, I, maybe they think that, for example... R is a is a vowel or something like that, but yeah. it's it's quite it's so very true. different. Bro, I still feel like Czech kind of scares me, even though I'm learning Serb. Like I'm learning Serbian, but like I say Serbian because like this is the variation I chose to focus on. But Serbo-Croatian is uh com is correct. Like it's like the linguistic term, correct linguistic term for it. Mm -hmm. But I'm focusing on the Serbian variant, um, like. It's uh, Czech scares me, cause like Czech, bro, is like more more consonants than even Serbian, in my opinion. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, but oh, Polish as well. But you know what I think? Actually, that maybe Serbo-Croatian is an exception, but especially for Polish, I think would make more sense to write Polish with Cyrillic, because like sometimes you have in Polish to make one sound that in Ukrainian or Russian you have or Belarusian you have one letter in Polish you need four in latin alphabet because i think it was not made for latin alphabet so you need you need to adapt so many things to write it that it looks a little bit weird yeah maybe that makes sense yeah i don't, I don't know if you feel the same yeah yeah i think so yeah 
Because, like, this is, a, this is another thing. I think, like, uh, when we learn a language, that's important. The important thing is to put ourselves in the native speaker's shoes, like, and try to see the world as he sees it. Because otherwise, it's, it's going to be more complicated mm -hmm. to to understand how the language works and uh, not feel like you won't feel if you compare it all the time, right? I think it's uh, in the long term, in the long run, it's going to be harder for you to learn the language if you're always trying to make it uh, like to see it through your own eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. And like Polish was my first Slavic language and your first Slavic language was Serbian, right? Yeah, no, actually, I actually this is a fun story. Like I don't, I don't talk about that a lot. But I did start Russian years ago, but I didn't uh, really went for it. Right? It was very uh -huh. new to me. I, I didn't have that much experience learning uh, that many languages. Right? Like I didn't have enough experience. Actually, it was a mistake to start Russian back then. That's why I stopped after a few weeks. <laughs> ah, what? Why? Why do you think so? Why it was a mistake? I think, I think it was a mistake. Uh, because uh, that challenge, yeah, that challenge was too big for me at the moment. I think I was learning um, uh, French, if I'm not mistaken, back then. And I didn't have that much experience with uh, language learning in general, right? It was just a couple of years uh, that I added another one. I mean, English and Spanish have been part of my journey in the way early. So I don't, I feel like there's a disconnect. When I started learning French, then it was like my real felt like, oh, I'm learning multiple languages, you know, um, because Spanish and English were around me when I was a kid. I was already exposed to it. But French, no. When I started learning French was my real like start, start in learning multiple languages. So I then added Russian and it was a mistake mm -hmm. because I didn't know that much about learning multiple languages. Or learning several at the same time and also um russian demands focus for me i think like especially in the beginning especially if you don't know that much about language learning i think like learning a language that's very very distant from your uh native languages other languages that you know i don't think you should start them unless you really know what you're doing right i think it's a mistake to actually start like a take on a challenge that's huge like that without any backgrounds uh, or without uh, really know what you're doing, right? I mean, you can do it, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't advise mm -hmm. you learn multiple ones if they're really distant and you're not uh, used to it. Oh, yeah. T totally agree with you, yeah. Because when I started, I did a Ukrainian challenge. And of course, like uh, I could like talk in Ukraine for one hour after the challenge, but it's... Like you said, there was the background. I could speak Polish, some Russian, and it helped me really a lot. If it would be like Ukrainian from scratch without any of those languages, that wouldn't be possible like to do the same. But I have a question. I think it's really interesting. When I started learning Polish, I had no idea what cases were and how to deal with them, how to learn them. How, how did you approach it when you started with Serbian? I approached it very... I was also very surprised with it. I, actually, I, was, I already knew German. So I know what cases were, right? A little bit. Um, I think you also you also knew German when you started learning Polish, or am I correct? Am I incorrect? Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Uh huh. But it's definitely but like still, I mean, I knew what cases were, but I didn't know how cases were like that. Like the word actually changed, yeah. like for real. Like 
and I yeah, didn't know yeah. that it was actually possible like at this level like the the word like the names change you know like your name would change you know it was so shocking for me when I started to see it no absolutely don't get me wrong when I say that I already knew German it's not that I know how the cases worked so, like bro even like now I don't I'm not I didn't master the the I haven't mastered the cases in German honestly so like I, I definitely like just knew what they were but I didn't have the 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 you know the mastery or I didn't understand them properly uh, my approach to, to the cases in Serbian was in the beginning I said I'm not even gonna stress about it I'm just gonna um, I know that there are like seven of those here so like I'm not gonna master those seven in the beginning so I won't even bother trying to master them now what I did was I just exposed myself to it a lot I was learning vocabulary I was learning sentences the way they with the cases like you know like sentences that um had the cases in it because like in, when you speak the language you're gonna find those situations where you have to use accusative or that you have to use dative you know that's gonna happen quite often so you, i just took to a natural exposure let's just like uh, try and learn vocabulary sentences with cases in it and see if you can uh absorb them well, of course that worked to an extent, but I'm still learning cases. <laughs> and right now I'm looking at this like to a more uh, direct approach, which I'm learning the grammar now uh, more than ever. Because I feel like this is, this is what works for me. I don't get a, a lot of pressure if I don't focus on the grammar in the beginning. So I feel like I can start better if I start communicating and exposure like in the beginning and then uh, I will look at how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I, I believe that too, with cases, the explanation of the cases, they only make sense with, when you already have some examples, like you were saying, memorizing the word without questioning it. And then the explanation, okay, you use this case in this situation, then it makes sense, like for me. But with Polish, it was quite challenging. And I think like uh, if I would give any tip for anyone who's learning language with cases, I think it's like, maybe try to approach the cases by frequency like i think that the most frequent one always is accusative yeah is the one that you are going to use the most so that you always start recognizing them and then you can go to the other ones and for example vocative i think serbian has also vocative right um it's hardly ever yeah hardly ever will hear that or instrumental which is actually simple, but they don't see it so often. So I, I would approach them by frequency nowadays. But to be honest, with Ukrainian at least, I didn't, or Serbian, I didn't learn cases at all. Like I just used what I had known from Polish. And I was just focusing on the endings all the time to try to identif- identify patterns. Yeah, I, I feel like you, what you said about choosing one and trying to master one at a time is actually a great idea. I never tried that before. Um, but like you said, on the same token, I think that it works even better when you have the experience, a little bit of experience with it, right? Like when you, once you've heard the, the, those uh, examples in conversations, or if you read them, I think um, then you start to decodify. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. Um, I don't even know if that's a word. But like when you try to mm-hmm. understand them, Un- uncode it. Yeah. Thank you. When you try to uncode them, it makes much more sense uh, because you already know, you already seen it before, right? That's what I tried to do with Japanese. But the thing is, with Japanese, I wasn't learning Japanese back then when I was watching Naruto. So, like, I feel like 
it's still very challenging to try and understand what's going on, you know, but that will come eventually. To be honest, talking with a lot of people, I, I think that cases are not the hardest thing in the Slavic languages, right? I think perfective and imperfective is way harder. Yeah, I mean, the grammar in general <laughs> is hard. Or like you were saying, I, I think learning how to communicate, I think in every language, yeah, you need to learn how to communicate, how people actually communicate. Because uh, I remember when I started learning Russian, and I was uh, sending to people what are on tandem, like, Privet, Kakdila, hello, how are you? And they were like, not replying to Kakdila. They were saying, okay, uh, but why are you learning Russian? Mm. Like, so I noticed that, I don't know, they were not very interested in this small talk of the how are you. So with time, I stopped saying that. But like in Brazil, if you not say, hello, how are you? It can be offensive, actually. It can be a bit rude, right? Exactly. It's like kind of a, a unspoken rule that you have to say to ask how the person is going. Even though, like, people actually are just saying it for, for the sake of saying it, right? They don't actually are interested in knowing exactly what's going on. Especially, like... Exactly. If like, this habit that we create. Yeah, exactly. For example, if you ask someone, Oi, tudo bem? And the person says, Oh my God, bro. Everything's not okay, bro. Like this. And you start telling a story. You're gonna be like, Oh my God, I just asked how are you? Not your whole, like... like <laughs> you know, we ask, but we are actually, most of the times, just asking for the sake of asking. Yeah, just a habit. It's pretty interesting. This um, and you need, you need to learn how to navigate using the language, but through the culture, yeah, to see how actually people um, people communicate in every language. And like, I find quite weird in the beginning that Russian-speaking people, Polish Polish people, or Ukrainians, if you ask them how are you, they will reply not bad. But in not bad in Brazil means that you are not well because it's not bad. Mm. But for them, it's like you are well. But on the other hand, when you say, like, you ask uh, a Serb, like, how are you? The person will say, like, super sound, like, I'm super, I'm yeah. great, or something, which is a completely different way of answering the same thing. So interesting, right? Like, how cultures work like that. And actually, it's so true that you say that. And if you say, like, ah, tô indo, like in Portuguese, I'm okay. Then people say, bro, what's wrong? Right? Or if you say, ah, okay, I mean, like, can't complain, like this. People are gonna be like, wait, what is going on? I don't want to talk about. You know, like it's so weird. How how we, in Brazil we are not allowed to feel more or less. <laughs> yes, you're not allowed. Always great. Great <laughs> is the limit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if good, it's okay. It's already like, why not great? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Start questioning. That's it's. Uh, yeah, I'm good. But why not great? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is this is very different in, in our culture, and there are also other aspects with uh, cultures that we need to deal. Do, do you have any examples like of the in the languages that you learn uh, that people approach things in a completely different way? Yeah, I think like for example, in Serbian, they have like a a, a saying that says that is my favorite one. Someone upred. That means like all, all like only forward. And they use that for like, you know, when you make a mistake. Like, cause mm -hmm. usually that's what people say to me. Like, for example, let's say I make a mistake in Serbian. People will go and tell me and I say, and I start to get like, not desperate, but I can say like, oh my God, I made a stupid mistake. And they say to me like, someone upred. And that means like only forward. So they're like, I like this, this, uh, this thing in, in the Serbian culture where they're like, always say like, just move forward. Doesn't matter. Make a mistake. I like the Balkan style of, of, uh, of culture, you know, and it's different 
Of course, I think we have similarities. I always say that Serbians and Brazilians have more similarities than people think, have more in common than people think. But on the same token, there are some particularities in the Balkan uh, spirit and culture that uh, are very cool to me. You know, this thing about like only forwards, not getting desperate, like let's go, let's, you know, and also like they have a good sense of community in the Balkans where they want to. For example, I didn't go to Serbia, for example, yet, mm-hmm. but I saw a video with with um, uh, what's her name? I think it's Liz. I don't know. I don't know if you know this this girl. Uh, Liz speaks Serbian. I think that was the name of her channel before. She's like, no. she's an Australian person, an Australian girl who um, who learned Serbian, right? She went to Serbia, and I think she lives there now. And what happened was she went to, I think, Montenegro. And, like, bro, people were treating her as she was a local, you know? Like, people are very welcoming. And I feel like, in some ways, even more than Brazilians, where you're, like, if you go to a village or some place in the, in either Serbian or Montenegro, like, I noticed that people will treat you with like you were a part of the family, right? People will accommodate you. People are like, oh, let's drink. Oh, don't you want? You know, like, I feel like, they have this sense of uh, uh, they are very warm in how the way they treat people from other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. 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 You were saying, but do, do you feel that the Serbians they also have this um, how they approach you according to your appearance? Because mm. as I said, like with Polish people, you know, if you do not look Polish in the first approach, they will first assume that you do not speak Polish. Or did you not speak Polish well? Or, and then it, it, it started like some challenges with that. And you know, you need to always prove your level and so on. And then uh, I don't know if the Serbs have the, they have the same. No, absolutely. I think people, first of all, people get very um, surprised at the fact that first I'm Brazilian and I speak Serbian. Second, first, second that I'm black and I speak Serbian. But not in a racist way. I'm saying the, the way that usually not a lot of black people speak Serbian. So they are very surprised with it. <laughs> yeah. um, like, and uh, it's very, very interesting how they react. And it's true, like you said, uh, people tend to speak. Also, like that happened to me too. When uh-huh. I tried to speak Serbian, uh, I think on, on Omegle, I was on Omegle. And people would speak English to me, even though after I, speak, I spoke Serbian. Then I would, um, I mean, it depends on the person. Some people would still speak Serbian to me as the, uh, because they were very interested in knowing if I ever went to Serbia or how do I know Serbian, you know, so they would ask that in Serbian, but sometimes people would get to me and say, and talk to me in English, thinking that I don't know anything, like I only know how to say hi, you know, something like that, because it's not common that people would know Serbian, being either black or from Brazil. Mm-hmm. I'm both, so like I'm a <laughs> complete surprise to them. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's true, but it's so cool to see their reactions, right? Like to see if the, that's why I actually like learn. I, uh, one of the reasons why I learn languages, it's like to actually talk to people in their their native language and see their reaction, especially if it's a language like Serbian that is not like super popular like other ones. Um, how about yourself? Do you do you also feel that that you know that mm-hmm. that is motivating? I think it depends on the language. The I have these reactions. Uh, if, if Ukrainian is always like they always appreciate 
very much like if you speak anything in ukrainian that it completely changed the way even if they you speak a bit in ukrainian the person will switch to english for any reason they still like changed how the person sees you and it's, it's very interesting i made a lot of ukrainian friends after starting speaking ukrainian just because of that like i i start saying something in ukrainian and the person like wow where are you from are you from ukraine i said no i'm from brazil wow why you know ukrainian and change how the person treats you demo from that moment on would be different uh also because as you're saying like ukraine is not um it's not a language that people usually choose to to mm. learn i think maybe nowadays it's a bit more popular but well that's it why with russian if i try to say something in russian or if i, I mean nowadays i speak better russian but when i say something in russian people usually think i'm from central asia and there i don't have the 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 reaction and then i need to say okay i'm from brazil and then okay and then change a bit but yeah, I also like these reactions. But for me, I usually, depending on the language, I need to mention where I'm from to get the reaction. Otherwise, they will think that I'm from another place, like Russia, like some from Central Asia that speaks um, Russian. So maybe like you get easier these reactions mm-hmm. than actually I do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because usually... Well, what, what is interesting is that they switch to English, yeah. Yeah, because usually people um like... Because I'm black, sometimes people might think that I'm from uh, like other parts of the world. That uh, you know, uh, people because like not a lot of black people mm-hmm. live in Serbia, for example, right? Or uh, like in a lot of countries, right? Like the most uh, there's a lot of countries where there's more uh, white people, especially like in Europe. So I think that uh, yeah, I definitely because of the change of the mm-hmm. difference in our tone of skin and you know. People would uh, assume that I'm a, uh, from a very far away place, right? Like the people would assume, like, no, you're probably from somewhere very far away from here. While uh, while for you, because your tone is like in the middle, people would think that you know, oh, maybe you were close, right? Or maybe you're from this country that also speaks Russian. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but what happens that with Poland, they automatically know that I'm not from mm-hmm. Poland which is sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable because as you as I was saying like the person look at you and the person already has a, a lot of assumptions like the person doesn't he's a foreigner he doesn't speak uh polish and you see like the waiter the waiter or the waitress come coming to you and speaking english out of nowhere like doesn't even try and it, sometimes it's a bit weird like it's tiring to prove yourself constantly okay i speak the language and they need to see that you speak well to keep speaking with you in the language. Or I need to pretend that I don't speak English. It's a good option as well. But yeah, it's, it's it's a bit hard, like, doing this daily. Yeah. No, yeah. Very t- it's a, b- a bit tiring, especially when you live there, right? Like, cause also, it is a, with your situation, it's kind of different than mine because I got the reactions from far away, right? Like, from video. You know, I never left Brazil, not yet. But you mm-hmm. living in Poland, you must get that all the time. And it's kind of frustrating sometimes yeah 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 it's frustrating and yeah like uh, after some time you were it's i, I don't know like you you don't have more patience you know like they, as i say okay maybe i will pretend that i don't speak english or something like that because just to uh, avoid like proving that i need to that, that i speak polish well uh, or something then yeah yeah <laughs> After two and a half years, I don't have more patience to. <laughs> exactly, it's fu- to it's fun. Always fun <laughs> to go on Omegle every now and then, and you know, talk to people from other parts of the world. That's one thing. Another thing is living, 
in the country, every time you go buy a, some bread in the in the bakery, the guy's like, hmm, are you Poland? Are you Polish? <laughs> Where are you from? Like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Do exactly. Do you speak Polish? Like, people don't, they usually do not know that we have so much diversity in Brazil, right? Like, at least in Poland, if when Polish people see a group of Brazilians, they get a bit surprised that you have, like, a, a blonde person, uh, more, like, Latino, a black person, an Asian. Like, they get, like, uh, are you all from the same country? Because, like, they are from a homogeneous country. And, like, for them, it's, like, a bit mind-blowing. Yeah, no, absolutely. That 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 is very... Like, nobody... I think only people who actually know people in Brazil know that. Or people that are really interested in Brazilian culture. But, like, people in general don't know. That in Brazil uh -huh. it can be anything, like black, like you said, blonde, super white, sometimes, sometimes not, Asian, like darker skin, uh -huh. you know, it's a very, very uh, broad combination of different races and uh, tons of skin, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, in such a, a multicultural place, we should always try and uh, be appreciative of that, of that, right? Like look at look at that through a positive point of view, and uh, it's cool to live in a place that uh, people are different. Uh, even though some people still think that you know, are are, are have some um, who are not as open here. Like uh, some people will think that you know weird stuff about mm -hmm. that you know like problems that we have around the world but also we have in brazil uh and it's sad very sad that some people think that you know they're better than someone because of their color of their skin um but yeah i i think that mm -hmm. uh if we uh if we just would respect each other more and even learn our languages right like different languages i think that's also kind of shows respect diversity and also like maybe helps people improve their points of view i always think that you know if you learn uh, languages it's hard to be like to, to keep to keep judging people if you learn languages right you're not uh, you don't judge people as much i think we respect them more mm -hmm. because you know uh, more about their culture when you learn, learn someone's language and respect them more about it like i think honestly after i started learning languages i became more respectful of different uh not that i wasn't before but i became more and more engaged and more um i started admiring more of uh, the diversity uh of culture of everything and i think that if people learn languages maybe we wouldn't fight each other so much yeah and the previous company that i was working uh that had like the opposite that maybe you you have that like, there were a lot of africans and some of them, they were like, okay, you learn a lot of languages. Why don't you want to learn like a language from uh, from our country? Like Twi from Ghana or uh, Shona from Zimbabwe or uh, I forgot the other country that speaks Shona. Zimbabwe or... Now you got you me. Know I don't know. Not sure. No. Northern from, from Zimbabwe. I, for, I forgot now the, the, the name of the country. And... Uh, or like Swahili or something. And then I remember that I started learning a little bit of Shona. They started teaching me. It's like to ask people, ah, hello, do you speak Shona? And I remember the first time I tried with someone who didn't know me. And I came and said, like, hello, Makadi, you know, Tara Shona? Like the person was like, what? 
because like I, I don't I'm not black and they, they were I think it was probably the first time they heard someone who's not black speaking the language and they were completely shocked and I think it's also cool I think maybe we pay too less attention to African languages of course there are, I think there are, there aren't so many content for learners in some of these languages maybe Swahili is exception is an exception but still it's something that maybe we could start paying attention like in, in Paul and I quite I meet quite often people who speak Swahili and Shona, so yeah, I think maybe we should start looking at these languages as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, wow, it will, it will be cool. Yeah, I, I want to start learning definitely African languages in the future. I just haven't started it yet because um, I want to stay committed to the languages that I choose. Um, but I definitely like in the near future I want to start learning, especially like Swahili, like you said about the content. I have a friend who speaks Swahili. He's from the United States. But he started learning Swahili. So I do have like friends that I know, people that I know who has started uh, learning African languages as a second language. And uh, I envy them. I also want to start. But like I said, I hope that I can get the languages that I have now to a good level so that I can add African languages to my belt. Because like, you know, it sucks to not speak an African language. You know, I feel like uh, I'm missing it and I, I want to start learning it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shona is from Zambia uh, as well. Like, I don't know. Okay. Have forgotten about that Zambia, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So, you know something that talking with a friend of mine, she's from Kazakhstan, and there are I want to say a lot, but I think thirty or twenty percent of Kazakh people, the people born in Kazakhstan, they do not speak Kazakh. And I was talking with them, and she was also telling me like, yeah, but you're from Brazil. Why don't you speak your language? And I was like, what? So yeah, I mean, you speak Portuguese, the language that the colonizers brought to your country. But why don't you speak also your language? And I was like. Wow, that's true. Why don't speak? And I was feeling bad. Like, why don't speak any local language? And if you stop thinking, like, there are so many things that in our daily life in Brazil we may see that come from these languages, some words, some name of places, and we have no idea what they mean. And and it's actually sad. Have you ever thought it? Uh, have you ever stopped to, to think about it? Yeah, like, no. Now that you brought it up, it's weird. I don't want to sound like a intolerant or anything but like i never thought about that it's true we don't speak when it said like i was a shock to me too because like when it, when your friend asked you yeah. when you're talking about it and your friend asked you why don't you speak your language and i was like wait our language is, is brazilian portuguese but i was like oh no that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's insane sure, yeah. also like that and also you know what comes to mind the fact that we don't speak spanish too in brazil I think, like, honestly, there should be a ministry. Yes. Like, you know, a ministry of languages in Brazil. And we, we, I think Spanish should be a second language and it should be official. What do you think? It's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree because we actually can learn Spanish quickly. We can understand the neighbors. And I think that sometimes we are a little bit excluded. We live in our own cultural bubble because we don't speak Spanish. We could connect better with them. Like if you are an artist, if you can find a job in any other uh, the other countries around. And if you see like Brazilian artists, like singers, for example, that speak Spanish, they they go everywhere in Latin America. Like Anita making songs in Spanish, for example. She's known in the whole Latin America. And... If she wasn't able to speak Spanish, I'm not sure if she would like reach so many people in Latin America. So I think totally like, and it's so so similar to our language, right? Uh, did Did you have Spanish at school? I mean, I had in high school, 
like I, I had Spanish in high school, but like definitely it's a mess. Like especially I started in, in public school, so like in a public school, and there it's a complete mess because like you start with English, because like I had English in the beginning, then like because like it's it's weird how to me I I think that every school should offer uh, English and Spanish in Brazil, like that's something that I think or supposed to happen but it doesn't happen some schools only have english that i had like i went to a school that only had english then i went to another one only which only had spanish so it's a complete mess to me i had to start with english then i switched to spanish so like you know we, we both know that we can't rely on the school education for languages um especially when they're not like very coordinated like because i've seen some other countries that you start to learn for example let's say english you start from the beginning, like you start really early and you stick to English until like forever. Unless you choose another one in the future. But you get uh, out of the school with like a decent or like a comprehensible, you know, like a, <laughs> a uh, I'd say like intermediate kind of level in English, usually in some schools, in some countries. Uh, but here we don't have that a lot. Like I don't think we have this focus of, I don't think uh, that the government of Brazil thinks languages are important. Like, this is a throwing shades at the Brazilian government right now. Sorry. But, you know, like, I don't think... I don't think we, yeah. we pay attention to totally. that a lot. Enough. Are you looking for a language course to start learning a language and start speaking very quickly? So I have something for you. In the description of the episode, you can find Language Boost link. And there you can find many different kind of courses for many different languages. And if you use the coupon LINGOCAST before proceeding to payment, you receive 5% of discount in the entire website. Language Boost is a company run by two friends of mine and big references for me in language learning, Fabricio Carraro and Lucas Bigetti. And these guys know what they're talking about. The method has been tested and approved. So it's easy, just go to the link in the description box, choose the course that you prefer, add the coupon LINGOCAST to receive your discount and enjoy your language journey with Language Boost. I hear from many foreigners like, ah, I would like to go to Brazil, but I heard that people don't speak English there. I'm, I'm afraid how am I going to communicate? I mean, it's like, wow, this is true as well. Like, it, there are so many nice places in Brazil to visit, but for people who do not speak English, who do not speak Portuguese, it's maybe a bit challenging in Brazil, yeah? Even if you speak Spanish and you try a Portuñol there, can be challenging still, yeah? Yep. Challenging, and... I don't know. Yeah, so many opportunities that we miss. But I was asking if you had Spanish at school because at least like my uh, my my experience, no one liked Spanish at school because I think for people, Spanish sounded like a simplified Portuguese, like a weird version of Portuguese, and people were like, "Why am I going to learn this language?" You know, like. And later we find found out find out that it's important, and we start getting interested or in these things. But most of people didn't like. Did you have the same ex experience? Absolutely. I don't think anybody liked Spanish in, in school. <laughs> in my school, in the school I studied either. Nobody <laughs> liked that. And also, like, both also, like, again, man, honestly, I had a good teacher. I can't even say that my teacher was, wasn't good. My teacher was amazing. The problem is actually the curriculum, like, the thing, like, the the content of the, the you know, the, the country. Not even the school, because, like, it's the same content for the whole country. So, like, I don't think that, you know, um, they're doing a good job at, uh, you know, the way they, they, the content that they provide for the teachers either. So, that I think that if we change this, 
and we started promoting more Spanish, uh, the Spanish language in Brazil, that people would actually be motivated to learn it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you had the same, but when I was a child, I was watching a lot of stuff from Mexico because we had like, a lot of stuff from Mexico on Brazilian TV. And like, you know, Chavo del Ocho, Chavis, that we say in Portuguese, or other stuff that actually they could be an original audio. And if we would start listening to them in the original language, we would learn uh, because it's similar. We would understand. Simple. Just we didn't need the dub before that. Bro, like you're talking about like what you're saying there. I said the same thing to my mom, actually, like this week. I think it was this week. This is synchronized because I said I say to her, if we had Spanish, like in the, if stuff were in the original language, <laughs> people would learn it. I said the same thing because in Serbia, in Serbia, they watch telenovelas like they watch the soap operas, man. They have like stuff in Spanish there. So like and some people know Spanish because of that. Yeah. That's true. And for them, it's like, it's much harder, right? It's much different exactly. language. But for us, it's like, we already understand a lot since the beginning. Yeah? Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite sad that, and yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, I really like Spanish because I found out actually that we are more similar than we, that I thought before, Brazilians and the other people from other, sometimes like if you compare some regions, like maybe like in Sao Paulo, or we may be more similar, for example, to Paraguayans than we are to some people in other regions in Brazil, like <laughs> cultural saying, for example. It's insane, right? It's crazy. Or Argentinians and Uruguayans with people from Brazil, South Brazil as well, they are probably more similar to, to, to each other than they are from people from the yes. North. Yes, and you know what? I was watching uh, Suarez' uh, debut yesterday for Grêmio, and like, you know what I noticed? Something I never paid attention mm-hmm. to. The crowds, the fans yeah. in the stadium, they they uh, mm-hmm. they sing the songs that's lat like that um how do I say this? Like Uruguayans or Argentinians uh, sing. So like in the south of Brazil, yes. they sing like <laughs> yeah, people the same, from Argentina, yeah. from Uruguay. Same thing. Like they have like the it's the songs like so similar it's insane and i was like looking at that paying attention i was like bro they are much more like like you said they are like they, they don't speak spanish because we yeah. don't focus on that but like they should <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally totally i thought i agree with you yeah and yeah unfortunately it's it, it would be very useful i mean i think it's good for everyone to be raised bilingual right yeah and yeah the, the would be a nice uh will be very good for our future plus english as well that we also need and yeah do what when i start uh, replying to the questions that uh, people send us yeah let's do it man i always like answering questions because we have like uh, i have yeah we have a few questions so yeah there's a question from lena um yelena so she sent uh my question is about the theory that when we speak foreign languages we feel like a different person like we change our personality we change also our voice sometimes even our face expression some people feel better speaking another language than their native one so have you ever noticed that uh do you feel that it affects your personality that's her question so what do you think 
Do you, do you feel any difference? Yeah, I think like um, I feel sometimes I think most of the time more comfortable speaking in English than in Portuguese. Because, um, for example, I feel like I can embarrass myself or that I can um, say some things that I wouldn't say in Portuguese that I say in English and I, I don't feel anything. Like it means like it doesn't affect me. But if I said it in Portuguese, maybe I would be ashamed or even... It's so stupid. It's not anything like a secret or something like that. No, because like I feel like maybe I have more anxiety in Portuguese than in English. <laughs> I feel more comfortable speaking in English than in Portuguese. Uh, but yeah, like it's so interesting. Also, like swear words, right? Like when you swear in other languages, that you, you don't feel that you feel attached to them. Like you can swear without any problem in other languages, but in Portuguese, then it sounds like oh my yeah, god. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So I feel like yeah, I change a little bit. Definitely. I don't well, think about the exactly, voice. Exactly. It doesn't have the meaning. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I I think I I think I have the voice like this. The voice changes because. Depends depending on what I was listening to in the language, and sometimes if I was listening specifically to one person a lot, and I I start speaking a little bit similar because I think it's like at the end it's like emulation, and I think I, I took a little bit of it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we yeah, think too. I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, but personality, I'm I, I'm not sure if that's like personality change my personality. Of course, there are some things that. If you are like experiencing different things in different languages, some things you're experiencing in one language, some others not. So of course you get more used to talk about some stuff in one language, some others. But like for example, talking with like I was mentioning with Croatians and Serbians and talking with Ukrainians, Polish and Russians, and see how like the Serb Serbs will reply, "Oh, I'm super," while a Russian will reply, "Ah, I'm not bad." Mm -hmm. You start replying similar to how they reply like in the Sida interaction like at least I do uh, like that so if someone says ah, I, I'm super in Serbian but if in Russian I would say ah, not bad uh, and I think it also affects a little bit how I communicate uh, with people according to what I have experienced yeah. that's true I think I agree with that because um, yeah I also tend to imitate how they would answer the, the, the questions or how they would uh, express themselves that gets stuck, right? When we consume content, and uh, depending on who we're watching or listening to, you are right. I think that happens to me too. About the personality thing, I don't think there's like anything drastic, anything like super. You don't become a whole different person, but I think some slight changes may occur. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. And also, there's like we were saying, like swear words. Some languages you may swear more and others swear less, maybe according to what you you experienced. So yeah. uh, another question uh, that we have here. Uh, when I go one of the questions that people sent to you. Okay, so, so first one that uh, from Masio. Yeah. Masio is from Canada, a good friend of mine. Hello, Masio, if you're listening to this. He's, he asks, how frequently should one study? Uh, do you want to start answering or should I? Wow, well, you can start. Can start. Okay, I'm like it's a very, um, it's a good question, but it's really a, a little bit hard to understand exactly what does he mean with frequently. Maybe like in the daily routine or like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it as he asks, as in like, uh, the, uh, like what is your routine, right? Like what should you do? Like, how frequently should you study the language, like, every day, or like, you know, if it's every day, if it's 
three times a week. I don't know. I always say like this, like if you are super disciplined and those are like the few of us, I think most of us are, we tend to procrastinate usually. Um, but you, if you are very disciplined, um, then you should go for daily. If you can maintain a daily routine, I mean like if, if the, I think the more you, you get uh, exposure, the faster you learn, right? So the more you do things that are passive and active, uh, and active both passive and active, uh, the more frequently you do it, the faster you will achieve your language goals. Like the fast, you, the better you get, the faster you get better. Um, but if you're like me, someone who's not like super uh, disciplined, I think if you shoot for five, like five days a week, it's a good number to have because like, there will be days where you won't study if you're like me like there will be sometimes that you have other responsibilities that will affect um your uh, routine i think that um you should go for five times a week because like i feel like there's this is a good number it's a lot of exposure at the end of like one month you've studied a lot at the end of one year like you can make a lot of progress by just studying five days a week and it doesn't have to be a lot either like if you have so, like sometimes just 30 minutes, do those 30 minutes, they are plenty. What do you think, Elizabeth? I think similar to what you say. Like, it's like Kobe Bryant used to say about the things like doing every day the same. Um, at, at the end, when you, you calculate everything uh, in one, um, then you have a lot, mm-hmm. right? So actually how I learn, I usually like to, if I'm learning a language actively, I will. I love flashcards, so I will do a little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening. Like I will not do so much, but like 15 minutes in the in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, uh, 20, 20, or something like that. But uh, also, already replying the question that Abdul sent us, how we learn languages. I mean, you can tell a little bit about you, but for me, also like replying this, the first question, replying them together. Uh, for me, there are three parts: the input, so the things that I will listening, I will be listening the the output so the conversation so i need to find someone to practice but like then the maybe what the, the person that sent you uh, actually the active learning and then that uh, for me active learning is one of these three pillars that are important for the for language learning for me and i i don't take so so long uh, that uh, daily but i try to do a bit daily yeah mm. yeah because i think that especially when you learn something new if you don't see it often, you end up forgetting. So like this thing that people say, ah, I'm studying twice a week a language. Uh, at least for me, it doesn't work because I forget stuff. Honestly? I forgot almost like, everything. Like what you said, like a bit daily, a, a little bit daily, even 15 minutes. Like, honestly, I feel like 15 minutes daily is better than like two hours twice a week. <laughs> see? Uh, I mean, about the active learning, right? No, not counting the conversation and the input, yeah. But just like about the active learning, I think so. Yeah, I agree. I think I think some people they disagree with that. They think that actually, after when you got immersed, like focused, hyper focused on learning, at a certain stage you start absorbing more. But for me, it's really hard to to learn like more than one hour one thing. I, I get tired and I will try to change to do something. I'm with you, man. I don't agree with le- learning for a longer time. I think you lose focus. I, I go with the other direction too, like you. Yeah. Another question. Uh, Andrea Ripamonti is an Italian polyglot. He's been already here. Amazing guy. 
Yes, and would you ever learn a Russian regional language like Bashkir or Chechen? Yeah, I think I should go first. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's for I don't know anyone from these countries. So from this uh how they call it, the republics in the Russian Federation. So it's hard for me like to connect if I don't have friends or something. And uh, I don't know how much content we have available in these languages. And I haven't met a lot of people actually from these places. So I think I think it's a bit hard. I think I would prefer to learn um, language from like an independent republic. Uh, even like from places that they speak Russian, but they also speak as, uh, another language. Like Kazakhstan, that the main language is Kazakh. I would I would prefer to learn actually Kazakh than learn uh, a, a language from because Kazakh actually I have a, a lot of Kazakh friends. I I know a lot of Kazakh people. I meet Kazakh people quite often uh, here in Poland, and I know some uh, things also already about their culture, and and there are some content in Kazakh to to learn stuff because. It has the status of official language in the country as first language. So I think it's, yeah, I would choose, I would prefer to choose something like that. But yeah, we never know. I, I, I don't say never because I already said never too many times and end up doing it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, man. Like, I think, I think we feel the same way about it. It's, it's kind of hard to start learning a language when you, like, we both, I think we both uh, like human interaction. We both like learning and to connect, right? Uh, with others, so like I feel like it's just tough to learn a language that's very very narrow like that. But on the same token, like you said, uh, yeah, I'll never say never. Also, like like you, uh, I think we we talked about this before, where like uh, I think it was you who said it that learning to preserve right is also good. So I think like maybe if it was to preserve the language, like to actually encourage people also yeah maybe i would start you know but right now it's not in my list but i will definitely mm-hmm. not never say never to that <laughs> yeah yeah but as i said i i, I for example i need a, a reason for I, I speak venetian for example <laughs> why i speak venetian i don't know if you know the story but it's because my my great-grandmother she she came from veneto she could she couldn't speak italian uh and only venetian and it was like part of my family. And I decided to to learn the language because I see that every generation people are speaking less and less. I said, no, I want to keep it. If one day I want to transmit this and I want to try to do my part uh, with this language. But in this case, I have a connection with that. So I think without a, con- a connection and a good reason, for me, it's a bit hard to stay motivated. I think uh, that must be a reason. I think we're being super honest in this podcast and we need more honesty nowadays. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, another question that someone sent you. Yeah, I think I haven't seen see. most of the questions that people send you. Yeah, the first one, like, uh, was Marcio. The second now is from Andriana, and she asked how to avoid technical errors. Hmm. Like, I can start this one because I can say, like, I honestly, like, I know she's asking <laughs> because she wants. Maybe a, 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 like you know, like some plan of yeah, yeah. right to make things easier to not make as many mistakes. Yeah. I understand that, but like I'm, I'm head up. I go to the mistakes. So like I honestly, I would, I would be lying if I said that that I do anything to avoid making mistakes. Right. Like I think maybe reviewing 
would be a good thing to not make the same mistake again. But I think avoid making mistake for the first time is actually impossible, right? That will happen. I think maybe you could avoid making the same mistake repetitively, repetitively, yeah, by reviewing. What do you think? What do you actually think that she means with the technical mistake? Technical mistake? <laughs> Bro, I think like she means like in the, in the language, right? Like, like uh, I honestly don't know. Because like if you say, I think I think she meant like making a mistake, uh, maybe with the grammar. Like maybe that's a technical mistake in the language. I don't know. <laughs> I just I took it in general because I don't know specific this how specific she was. Wow. Well, I, I... Well, I don't know actually what she means like with the question, but if it's about grammar uh, or some specific stuff like that. I don't know, like, uh, to, to, uh, if I understood well, like, in, according to what I understood in uh, her question, I think we need to identify the error, the, the mistakes, and try to learn what's correct, and pay attention not to make them multiple times. And I think that that's what I would say. And that's why it's important sometimes professional feedback, or in the case, like, for example, we record a lot of stuff. To check the things that we record soon, I make a lot of mistakes with this. And once you pay attention, you identify. You, Did you can, notice that also, like, uh, we tend to make the same mistake again, like, and not actually like we don't make as much new mistakes. We usually struggle with uh, particular things in general. Do you agree with that? Like that we sometimes like we know like we just have to figure to point to figure out our struggles because we usually make the same one once. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Uh, even I talked with um, something polyglot, uh, I I Kenny. Don't know if you know him, and he said something interesting that some mistakes we need to make multiple and multiple and multiple times until we learn, and others not. And this is how things are, and we should be okay with that. And I, I really liked what he said about it. Uh, because I, I I agree. Like there are some mistakes that I still make. I still make some mistakes, like in Italian, uh, pronouncing the the end like uh, e when should be e, or I forget the subjunctive, the conjunctivo, uh, and you know this kind of stuff. Like that, I actually uh, I make the same mistake all the time. And yeah, yeah. But maybe one day I will learn. I mean, <laughs> but I, I think it's the, the importance mm-hmm. to to identify that. If you identify, if you identify, you know that you are making the mistake. I think it's an issue when you are making the mistake, but you do not know that you are making the mistake. And you that's think the it's, problem. Car- uh, it's, yeah, car- it's that's correct. The problem. And I think we improve a lot when we notice our mistakes. We improve. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A question that I have here. Very interesting. Perché i polacchi sono un popolo così interessante? Well, why Polish people are uh, very uh, so interesting? That's for you. People. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, but what's, what's your impression? What's my impression? About Polish people? Uh, I think, like, they're in my head when I think about a Polish person, I think that person is like, is a Slav, first of all. So I think they go straight to the point. They are person, they are people who are don't like wasting time with chitty chat, like with stuff that's not going to be uh, important, right? I think they go straight to the point. I think they have a different sense of humor. I think they are not like South Americans. 
in the sense of humor like thing they have their own sense of humor and it's different right <laughs> that's true that's true the... and i think they drink do they drink i think they oh, drink yeah, totally stuff that has that a lot of alcohol in it <laughs> oh yeah what about you man you know better than i do yeah i think they have a drinking culture that actually we don't we don't and i realized that actually it's part of the socializing drinking and sometimes you can go and maybe we will not you will not drink but you need to go to drink uh with them maybe you can have like something with without alcohol but it's a way that they socialize yeah maybe sometimes for us it's like to go to a bar watch football or have an acai or whatever but for them it's really like uh, going and drinking after work or something something i think that they do much more often than we do the humor is also is very different very different they are very sarcastic and i'm still have issues to identify when they are talking serious and when they are joking so it's like because i, I think we do not have this kind of jokes but in general yeah i think for me it's very interesting because the culture is so different like when i moved i was like I thought I was going to another country, but I came to another planet. It's so different. Even like the the relationship between people, between friends, it's it's very different how people approach. Or like they they, they like complaining very much. We joke that it's like almost like a national sport complaining in Poland. So um, if you complain, they will start complaining together. They will feel empathy for your complaints, and it's it's very different. Like. As I said, comparing to Brazilian culture is like another planet. But I, I like, I mean, I, I, I've learned a lot from uh, here. I've learned a lot from them. A lot of different perspectives and s- different ways of seeing the world. So, yeah, that's what makes them very interesting. And I would say yeah, exotic. Yeah, Every me. culture has their particularities, right? Like something that you can um, like uh, connect yeah. with or problems too, you know? It's part of having like of being different and uh of different cultures as well i think that's totally normal i, I have two questions here there are rapid fire questions do you have any more questions there to answer Moments. yeah i have some let's leave this this one for the last because like oh, they're fast three i think <laughs> okay okay so like one of the questions i have here is from paulina she she sent two questions the first one is uh she's half danish so she's saying that danish people danes are called one of the happiest countries in the world uh one of the happiest people in the world and she wants to compare uh what we think about that about answers and her question is are you happy are you happy sam (laughs) i i i am i (laughs) think like like, i am happy uh i think i would be even happier if i were uh living in serbia right now (laughs) but i'm very happy i'm happy considering the (laughs) the, i'm living in brazil like as you know, in Brazil right now, I'm I'm happy. I guess. Um, I, I I mean, like, could be definitely could be worse, man. Like, I'm grateful for what I have here, and uh, yeah, I, I said I'm, I'm happy. I'm gonna be more even more happy when I'm fluent in Japanese. What about you? Yeah, I also I, I I'm I'm happy. I'm very excited. I'm happy, but I think what she means about happy is about how we define happy, right? Because like Danes, they may be happy, but they're not. They're not showing the same way the the way they are happy. And for us, showing happiness is showing that we are excited about something, laughing, smiling. While maybe for Danes, happiness may be like being satisfied with 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 things. And I think in our approach of life as Brazilians, 
the house can be on fire we will be making jokes but it doesn't actually mean that we are happy it's just like we we are just trying to find the bright side right and then things and we i think we are very optimistic in our way of seeing life so maybe it looks like we are actually happier than we are so true i think i think we all need therapy honestly because like we may be cheerful on the outside but who knows what's going through everyone's mind in brazil well yeah yeah that's true uh, yeah i think the the diff- i mean i would love to know more about scandinavians to to understand actually if you, there is any scandinavian who will be listening to this podcast you can uh tell us like in a direct message or in the post on instagram what actually how you guys uh express happiness and what does it mean for you guys there to be happy because maybe i think people from brazil would find a bit weird that danes are one of the happiest in the world or Finns, because they don't smile or a lot and they don't communicate so much so it would be interesting to hear what they have to say about it absolutely absolutely that's very interesting i'm also curious to know show me the answers <laughs> another question another question that paulina sent is how many languages do you still want to learn and how many languages would you like to know i mean like i had this number like nine to seven to nine fluently but then i changed it because like you know bro until i like until i die i hope to live a lot so like (laughs) i want to learn like at least like 15 languages fluently 12 to 15 languages fluently like at a very very high level if i manage to do that I, the rest will be optional you know but that's like a goal that i have hmm. you know something that i changed in my life is like i think i would just learn a language if i would say the language chooses me so if appears the reason to do that otherwise i would not start like just new language i mean i'm starting like uh mandarin in june july for a challenge but after that i will i think i would just start a language if i really an opportunity appears that will really be a good reason if i will move to a country i need to learn the language or any other other thing like i'll have a, maybe a partner that speaks a specific language and yeah i think i i, w- I would see it this way like only because I mean, now really the point that I am is so hard to maintain all these languages that I think I would prefer to keep some languages in a higher level than actually starting new ones and messing up with everything. So I don't have a number. I I, I don't I even forget about, about how many languages I speak because I I am not like counting. And yeah, I just think about the the worlds. Like for me, it's like it is something interesting. I have profiles on YouTube with the the countries that. Uh, I speak the language. So I have like a, one profile with Brazil, uh, Brazil, one profile with Portugal, one profile with uh, like for other languages, Spanish, English. So the algorithm will only recommend me stuff for the, those uh, for in this language. And I see like that as well. I have access to this amount of worlds, worlds and not actually the amount of languages. So for me, the language is never the focus. It's all, it's all, uh, it's only what I can access with the language. I said this about you before, and I'll say it again. I love how you are, your approach, you know, for languages. I think that is why, uh, like most people don't think like that. And I think if most people thought like that, they wouldn't give up as much or they wouldn't be disencouraged because they are actually learning for 
a higher purpose, which is like getting access to like a, a new culture or like knowledge or like ca even career. Like I think, but like career is not enough to me. I think like I'm not like you know trying to judge you or anything if you're listening to this. But like career is important. But like try to find out other other stuff too. Like, like try to look for the stuff in the culture. Try to look for stuff that is actually gonna attract you to the language. Not just like a higher purpose, right? That's why I feel like it, and you have that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Also, because the career go career goals they can change, and learning a language to to reach a level that actually you can use to work takes a while. It will, will take you to reach a B two level. It may take two or three years, maybe depending on the language more. And in two or three years, many things can happen. Absolutely. Life, yeah. life, life just goes fast. Totally. And the language, the the uh, my questions finished. What, what what questions do you have? I have like the last ones here, like from Andriana again. Andriana, hello, Andriana. Zdravo. Andriana, Andriana is from actually Macedonia, um, but she speaks Serbian as well. She speaks a lot of languages. Uh, Hey, Adriana. I'm gonna read her last questions here. Uh, it's really fast for me and you. Uh, so you first, and then I go. Okay. I'm gonna ask, and then you answer first. Uh, <laughs> you have to pick one. Okay. Sertanejo or pagode? Wow, pagode. You. Okay. Okay. Same here. Pagode. For those who don't know, sertanejo is like a Brazilian uh, genre of music. So like, sertanejo is kind of country music of Brazil. I think. I don't know. But do, do people in Rio to listen samba, to Sertanejo? Kind of similar to Samba? They do, man. They do. Not, I think, like, not everyone, but, like, it's popular. It's among the most popular ones after Funk oh, and really? of course. I thought that it, it wasn't yeah. that popular I in think Rio. So. Oh, yeah, man. it is. I don't listen to it because I don't, I don't <laughs> ever listen to anything, like, very real thing. Like, I don't listen to that, but... People listen to Sertanejo a lot here. It's very, very famous. So another question, which is the last one here from me, is uh, biscoito or bolacha? <laughs> I already bolacha. know our answers to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Explaining that uh, this, like, how <laughs> do you say cookie? Because, like... In Brazil, yeah. it changes according to the region. And in, in, in Sao Paulo, we use both, and they mean different things. But I think I was trying to explain you like the difference, and you were like, "No, everything is biscoito." So it's uh, we, we can talk about biscoito and bolacha for hours. I think <laughs> it's a war. So Andriano yeah. wants to start a war here. I think. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think depend the the answer is depends where you are. I think if I go to Rio, I will not say bolacha. Just to. Uh, to keep the peaceful environment. Yes. You don't want to start anything. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and I will say Bolacha in Sao Paulo too. If I go there. Yeah. Alright. That's, that's good. But you need to know what's Bolacha and what's Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything is Bolacha. Okay. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Got you. Oh, but there's a, you, you have another question, right? From Leo. Oh, true. Oh, my God. I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Because, like, you know, the questions I have here are separated. His, ma his message is actually in the DM. So, like, that's 
these questions in the DM. So that's why I didn't. Uh, sorry, Leo, I didn't. Forget, I like you know, you had it in different places here. One was like a screenshot, and another is the DM thing. Let me check. Uh, real quick. Okay, his question was. Alemão. Okay, I'm gonna say in English. Sorry, German. Is it really useful, or are you learning it just for the challenge? This is a great question, right? Because like, wow. I, I'm gonna start. Okay, so I think like German is really useful yeah. for many things, like, you know, like uh, the culture. I think like the German culture is also cool. Like I like uh, German music. I like uh, the people in Germany. People in Germany are different than a lot of people think. I think a lot of people think they they all the Germans are like more res super res all the Germans are super reserved. And I, I agree that they may be more deserved than more reserved than Brazilians. But uh, I also think that yeah, they everyone have is a more reserved than Funny sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Everyone is, but they have a funny sense of humor. I like the sense of humor in Germany. Um, you know, I like the people there. I have a lot of friends from Germany, and I think it's really useful also for like. Uh, content and knowledge because a lot of st uh, stuff is only in german right like a lot of studies are in german so if you really want to go deep in uh in any area you can find a lot of fun stuff like a lot of important stuff and also fun stuff in german you know so like i think that for the knowledge for the career for the people for many things i think for the culture german learning german is great what do you think Ezio? I, I agree. I mean, maybe German is like one of my favorite languages. I listen to a lot of music in, in German, especially German rap. I love like the diversity that they have there. Like if you'll see the artists, every art, like there are some artists that are actually German, but many artists from different countries have like this cultural pop mix. And my personal uh, experience, German really opened me more doors than any other language. Maybe after English, yeah. I found two jobs because of German. I was like started teaching German. German was probably the one of the most useful languages that I, I learned. And actually, I don't feel I don't think that I don't think that German is as hard as everyone say and think. It's no maybe a bit in the beginning, but once you get the logic of the language, it started becoming easier. But once I like, I think that German people are learned a lot with then how to be more organized, more. Uh, how to arrive uh, on time to respect time to value time yeah i really learned a lot living in austria and having contact with german people as well because it's their culture is very different than brazilian one their approach to life and i really learned a lot oh absolutely and your german is amazing by the way i never said that i think <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well i think we didn't talk often in german yeah, but... yeah uh, sometimes a little bit but i could know yeah, we're, we're trying now yeah we're using more yeah cool uh so yeah this is the first sound thing to say so people who want to send questions in for the next month so we are always publishing the episodes at the end of the month uh you can send those questions in uh in our question boxes on the on the stories but also via direct or commenting so yeah do you have something to say something to add sam i have something to add you have some something more to say i have something to say yes uh <laughs> i just wanted to say thank you everyone who asked the questions and if you want to find me on uh, instagram to ask me questions or you to eliseo i'm gonna say my social media and then eliseo we can talk about yours uh i think uh if you're listening to this probably know eliseo's um social media but if you don't i'm sorry to say again uh mine is polyglossam so you can find me anywhere like instagram 
TikTok, YouTube, it's P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-S-A-M. I finally got that right. Uh, <laughs> so you can uh, find me, Polyglossam, in all those. And uh, you can talk to me. Like, I'm very, I'm super humble, like Richard Simcott. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a really high level of being humble. Um, but, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Then if anyone wants to find me, you already know. Like the LingoCast, uh, all the LingoCast links will be in the description, as well as Sam's links. And if you want to find me on Instagram, my personal profile is Eliseo RJR. Really easy. And you can also follow me there and send your questions. Yeah, that's all for today. Yeah. Enjoy your language journey.